brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. Okay, today we're going to be talking about intuition, gut feeling, or paranoia. You know, intuition is probably one of the greatest gifts that people get. I mean, it's it's a very powerful tool, and it's one that uh, you have to hone over time because it takes a lot of patterns. It takes a lot of uh, taking in things. It takes a lot of being able to pay attention. People that have a lot of anxiety have a lot of trouble with intuition because they can't seem to reach it. But but intuition is how we read people, and it has a lot to do with tone. It has a lot to do with what's called metacommunication, which is nonverbal. And that kind of communication means that we read clues uh, based on how a person comes across. You know, every day we're met with in, uh, intuitions that appear to provide answers to questions in our lives. And so we step outside, let's say, on a sunny day, and we have this nagging feeling in our gut that urges us to go back in and, and, and get our umbrella. And, and so, or, uh, or watch a big fight, let's say, and then develop a hunch early in the contest that whoever the person is uh, that we are picking will prevail. You know, within 60 seconds of interviewing a candidate, we, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt if they are the person when we're interviewing, let's say, for jobs. You know, and in order to answer that question, we need to first demystify intuition and understand precisely how it works. And we'll learn in this process of this show uh, that those gut feelings are developed and they are very logical. And so there is there's actually a, a true uh, way that we get to intuition that is logical. A lot of people believe it's not logical. You know, when we first detect a, a familiar situation, we often need more information to figure out what it all means. And intuition makes our job easier. And it provides us, in the midst of a million different stimulations or stimuli, that we could focus on relevant clues, uh, particularly the features that we ought to pay close attention to. For one, um, expectancies. Intuition also answers the question, given the familiar situation, what should I expect? And these answers are are usually provided. Number one, interruption, uh, being prepared for this person to stop you in the middle of a street or ask you uh, for a minute of time. Uh, Number two, conversation. These are the expectancies, by the way. Uh, Conversation to, to be forewarned that, you know, someone is going to become uh, passionately or they're going to persuade you of their cause because of the way they're coming across. And also, you know, know that they will ask you to pledge, let's say, money for their cause. So people can persuade you based on your intuition and what your intuition tells you the plausible outcome is going to be. You know, there's also uh, typical actions. You know, it, intuition suggests actions to us. And so, you know, if we believe that somebody's pretending emotionally, or if we're if we're believing that somebody's like putting their phone up to their ear and pretending to be occupied, 
or the safest course of action, you know, it's somebody ends up uh, 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 crossing the street and, and advance because they are they don't want to engage you. You know, our, your intuition should tell you, hey, there's something wrong with that relationship. And um, we have to look at where it comes from. And, and one of the things it comes from is patterns that we've identified in our past experiences. And from the time we're born, we consistently seek out patterns in our environment. And we see uh, two plus two consistently paired with the number four. We notice that that uh, long neck animals are giraffes. We learn that every time someone like our spouse, our boss, our, a, a parole officer says we need to talk, what usually follows is never good news. You know, and so... Several painfully long conversations uh, that when a, a stranger with a clipboard smiles at you from a distance, you know, chances are they want your money. I mean, things like that are clues from your intuition that tell you how to respond before you actually do respond. And, and these patterns, once they're identified, they get stored away in our long-term memory. And at the risk of making, uh, you know, a an oversimplistic metaphor, uh, picture rows of data being populated in a, a, a long Excel spreadsheet. And in the left-hand column, imagine the uh, patterns and, and the sets of related cues that we notice across similar situations. So in the right-hand columns, house all the various bits of information, the expectations, the relevant clues, the possible goals, the typical actions that we've learned to associate with those patterns. And so the next time we detect one of those patterns or something similar, our brain finds it in that spreadsheet and delivers the corresponding data to us. And so this is kind of how intuition works. And instead of, uh, in order to access the reliability of an intuition, we must evaluate the person who's experiencing the intuition and the environment in which that person operates. And we can do this by asking very critical questions. Number one, how much quality practice have you had? In order to trust your intuition, you need to have had a lot of practice. And our intuitions are only as good as the database of patterns that we draw from. So we need to have sufficient experience noticing, uh, revising patterns in order to have built up a database that's both robust and refined. And guess where we begin these patterns? In childhood, reading our parents, reading our siblings. This is one of the places where we actually hone the skill of intuition. And once we do that, we begin to apply it to a greater platform. You know, let's look at, uh, in order to trust the intuition, let's say like a professional, uh, a professional poker player with, with a whole decade of experiences. They might, uh, you know, be able to have enough trial and error necessary to build up a very big set of patterns as to what a winning hand looks like. And when they, they speak at their cards or they look at their cards, they're struck immediately by a feeling of either joy or dread or what by reading the people around them and reading the cards they have and looking at that as to whether they should or should not bet. You know, uh, if, if a person is a neophyte with intuition, um, they don't want to fool themselves. They, they think they've had enough practice to learn the same number of patterns. They, they really need to be more skeptical than following just their gut feeling because a lot of people will prejudge uh, based on 
intuition and then make bad, bad mistakes. And so when we make intuition, we need to do it in areas that we have lots and lots and lots of experience. And yes, it may buy you time. And yes, it may keep you out of trouble, which would be a wonderful thing. But not everybody uh, is able to follow intuition when they don't have enough knowledge. Also, you know, is it, is it a valid environment is another thing that we want to ask ourselves when we're looking at how to use intuition. And that is, you know, all the practice in the world won't mean anything for the reliability of your intuitions unless you operate in an environment that has high validity. And high validity environments are ones of sufficient regularity that you can trust and that provide, you know, clues and cues that the nature of the situation and how people respond to a situation. In other words, the environments are predictable in a strict sense of the word and able to be predicted. Now, in, in, in the, if you look at, let's say, uh, commanders that operate in a high uh, validity environment before uh, burning a building collapses or there's likely uh, early indicators like sounds and smells, uh, 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 sights, and so the experienced uh, fireground commander will be able to pick up on these consistent patterns and provide a solid basis for recognizing if a future building will collapse. On the other hand, you know, let's say an entertainment executive trying to discover, you know, the next big star, they likely operate in a low validity environment. When an artist's debut album goes platinum, were they uh, – like to be able to see the early indicators that they would become a star, it's doubtful, you know, and the, the, the pop music marketplace is very complex and very unpredictable and the audience is always changing. So that is not a high validity environment. Some people thrive in that and other people don't, but you have to always be able to read the audience. And that is a very difficult thing for people to operate off of intuition in that kind of environment. So I'm hoping you're, you're, catching on. I know it's probably a little complicated. You also want to get comfortable with uh, um, fractionated, what's called fractionated in, in experiences. You know, have you had enough practice? Am, am I operating in a high validity uh, environment? And you'll notice a very clear pattern. In some of the domains we operate in, the answer to both questions is yet, but in others, the answer is at least one of those questions is no. So have I had enough practice to operate off of intuition. That is huge. And is this a consistent environment? You know, it'd be nice if, if professionals could know all of their intuitions were either reliable or unreliable. But unfortunately, the world isn't simple. It's very complex and it's very gray, despite the fact that a lot of people want to make it black and white. And uh, because that's how they can come to their conclusions without having to accept uh, gray and understand the interpretations of gray. And so uh, instead, the norm is, is, is referred to as a fractionated experience, which means that in some areas we can trust our intuition, but in others we can't. And so this is how well we're able to read that bellwether of intuition is based on those type of questions. And like I said, it is very logical. It is not all an emotional decision. And this process of analyzing uh, the, the areas in which we can trust our intuition and those that we can't is difficult, but a key part of being an effective decision maker is understanding your own personal boundaries of expertise. And that means these are the areas that I know I can trust my intuition, and these are the areas that I don't 
know how to trust my intuition. So it's it's a very sophisticated process. And we notice patterns through past experiences. We store the patterns. We associate the information into long-term memory. And then we retrieve the information when we see the patterns again in our environment. And when we can trust that information, when the expert is operating in a high-validity environment, And when they've had enough practice to learn its regular patterns, this means we're likely to have reliable intuition in certain areas and unreliable in others. So, you know, you want to think of your intuition as a compass and the world as a vast land dotted with areas of high magnetic resonance. And and so the compass is invaluable in certain areas and corrupted in the magnetic field, misleading others. So one of the most important tasks of people who draw on their intuition is when we know to trust the compass and when we put the compass away. And so that in itself is how we get to intuition. Now look at gut feeling. You know things. You don't even know how you know them. Yet, you have a sense of certainty when you're driving down a strange street that you really must make, let's say, a left turn. Or uh, comfort a a co-worker who insists that they're fine, but you know that they're not. Or you you decide to just quit your job. I mean, people that do that kind of stuff, they do that based on oftentimes a gut feeling that something bad is about to happen or something is about to change. And once once again, that has a lot to do with predictability. So intuitions or gut feelings are very sudden, strong judgments and their origin we, we can't really explain them. So although they seem to emerge from, from uh, inner force, they actually begin with a perception of something outside of us, a facial expression, a tone of voice, uh, a visual inconsistency so fleeting that you're not aware that you've noticed. And, and you think of them as a rapid cognition or a, co- a condensed reasoning that takes advantage of the brain's built-in shortcuts. Or, you know, you also want to think of intuition as a... As, Basically, you're unconscious, and it's an associated unconscious process, and, and it's long dismissed as magical or beneath the dignity of science. Intuition turns out to muster some very, very fast mental operations and very sophisticated. For instance, uh, a math, uh, somebody that's great at, at dealing with math problems usually will operate off a hunch, and then they will use math to try to get to that conclusion. And so many people go on hunches, uh, just like Einstein did, and they operate in reverse. They basically develop a hypothesis and then they try to prove the hypothesis. So gut feelings are what makes us evolve as creatures and as people. And because intuition is the gift that makes us progress. It makes us change. It makes us adapt. It makes us read. But also intuition can also traumatize us because if it's used too much, we can make a lot of bad choices and basically come to find that we're really not reading the situation, we are paranoid and we're filling our life with fears. And those fears we draw conclusions on and we draw logic on and we call it intuition, but it's not. It's really just paranoia. So once again, you know, when people make emotional decisions, they don't make decisions that are consistent with who they are. We want to make very smart decisions when we're using our intuition. And that is a good thing. Okay, 
you know, uh, basically the gut itself literally feeds your gut feelings. So think of the, like your butterflies in the stomach when a decision is pending. And the, the gut has millions and millions of nerve cells. And through them, it basically has a mind of its own. And there is a lot of blood also held in your gut. And so uh, gut feelings do not really originate there. But some of it signals to the brain because it's a very high nerve center. And when it has that much nerves, it's basically going to be very in touch with how you're feeling. And so guts oftentimes are the first place in people's bodies where um, they begin to hurt or they begin to have pains because that's where they hold their stress. And that's because, once again, it's a major, major uh, nerve center. You know, an emotion basically guides how we learn from experience. And if you witness something while your adrenaline is pumping, for instance, it will be remembered extremely vividly. And that's just how our brain works. It wants to capture that experience. It wants to remember all of the senses having to do with an adrenaline experience. And also, experience is encoded in our brains as a, as a, as a fact and as a feeling. So when a new experience calls up a similar pattern... It doesn't unleash just stored knowledge, but also emotional state of mind and predisposition to respond in a certain way. You know, imagine meeting uh, someone who reminds you of a loved one, also emotions you felt towards those people, and suddenly you begin to fall for them, and that's intuition. It can be described as almost immediate situation or understanding as opposed to immediate knowledge. Understanding is filled with emotions. But we don't obtain knowledge of love or danger or joy. We feel them in a meaningful way. We also, uh, while, you know, if you're going to endlessly reason in the absence of your intuition, that can be very unproductive. Some people uh, champion the other extreme. Go with the gut. All your time's intuition, however, is best used as a first step in solving a problem and deciding what to do and then do more data gathering. So gut feelings are a place to start, not a place to make a decision. Some people can do that and some people do do that based on their expertise. But you have to be very smart about that. And you have to understand that it can lead you without all of the knowledge to make a choice that you may regret. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more about highly intuitive qualities in people. And uh, we're going to go into a little bit more about the power of intuition. Come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Look 
inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about intuition and how it operates. So let's look at some of the... the Intuitive qualities, you know, intuition is is really hard to define despite the huge role it plays in our lives. You know, Steve Jobs uh, once called it, uh, for instance, more powerful than intellect. Now, Steve Jobs was was the person who invented the Apple, uh, all all of Apple. And uh, but however, you know, if we put it into words, we all intuitively just know what something is. And pretty much everyone has experienced a gut feeling. That unconscious reasoning that propels us to do something without telling us why or telling us how. But the, but the nature of intuition has long eluded people and has inspired a l- hundreds of thousands of years worth of re- – not hundreds, but several thousands of years worth of research and inquiry into what that is. Is it philosophy? Is it psychology? And I would suggest it's just downright human reasoning. You know, uh, you know – Intuition as a subtle knowing of without ever having any idea why you know it. It's it's very different from thinking. It's different from logic. It's different from analysis. It's knowing without knowing. And it, in, in cognitive science, it's it tries to demystify the the strong but sometimes uh, inexplicable presence of unconscious reasoning in our lives and thought and often dismisses us as unscientific because its connections to the psychic and the paranormal intuition isn't just a bunch of hoo-ha, but it is truly something we're gifted with like spidey senses. I mean, basically, it's a sense of being able to know without knowing. And these judgments, especially with people that work in law enforcement and fire, in in the army, any kind of military situation, any time a paramilitary situation, oftentimes they read based off of intuition. And that means that they've had years and years and years of experience that leads them to understanding when something may go bad or when something doesn't go bad. Some people have it uh, without all of that experience. But once again, you, you, you have to trust but verify. And that's the important thing about intuition. You know, th- there's also a growing uh, body 
of anecdotal evidence combined with solid research that suggests intuition is a critical aspect of how we humans interact with our environment and how ultimately we make many of our decisions. You know, if you think about it, if you ever got an apartment or bought a house or decided on where to go to school, a lot of that has to do with how you felt. Did you feel comfortable? Did you feel at home? Was this a place that was inviting to you? A lot of those strong decisions, uh, even if they're outside of your financial ability, you will make them meet your financial ability just to get that sense of home, a sense of right. And so a lot of people will do that. You know, it's not very easy to dismiss intuition, but it's a great gift that you need to take notice of. But once again, it doesn't make up the whole decision. There has to be logic. It is the beginning and not the end of where you make a decision. You know, everybody is connected to their intuition, but some people don't pay attention to intuition. You know, some uh, uh, successful uh, business people don't know why they do stuff. It's just a hunch, but they believe that this is what they should do. And a lot of business decisions can be made based on, is it the right thing? You know, uh, also, you know, Disney, when he created Disneyland, um, basically he went off of a hunch. Now, then he followed that because he believed that people would love the entertainment. The people would, it would create an atmosphere where he could cultivate his uh, cartoons, his, his, he loved to draw cartoons. Um, he loved his characters. And basically, he wanted to have that kind of control over his creative uh, uh, thinking and be able to have vehicles that put that thinking out there. And Disneyland was a great idea, but he didn't know where to put it. But his intuition was very strong. And so what he ended up doing is doing lots of research about where to put it and the weather and all that stuff. And that hunch led to brilliant choices. And those choices still pay back today. You know, we also want to uh, make our best decisions. So we need the balance of intuition, which serves to bridge the gap between instinct and reasoning and the rational thinking. And and this is, uh, there's a guy who wrote a great book. It's called uh, Francis uh, Choll, and it's called The Intuitive Compass. But the, but the cultural bias against following your instinct or your intuition often leads to disregard of our hunches, and that's often to our own detriment because those hunches may have a place to lead you. We don't have to reject scientific logic in order to benefit from instinct. We, we can honor and call upon those tools when, when we uh, to, want to seek balance. And to seek balance, we will... Uh, finally, bring all the resources of our brain into action. So intuition is just one piece of that puzzle. If you want to get in touch with your intuition, a little more time alone may be the most effective way. Solitude can help give rise to very strong creative thinking, yet most people don't know what peace is. Most people don't have peace in their life. They don't even know what it's like. And when you don't have peace in your life, that means you probably live in a lot of fear. And number two, uh, you have no access to your intuition because you're just going to follow paranoia and your senses of what you think as intuition is just your nerves. And so, you know, people, once again, with lots of anxiety, have very little access to read uh, their environment, read their life, read the cues that are right there in front of them. You know, intuitive people are often introverted. 
Um, but whether you're an introvert or not, take time for solitude, which can help you engage in much deeper thought. Now, once again, I brought up peace. How do you get peace? Well, peace is acceptance. You accept things as they are. That's it. It doesn't require anything more than that. Peace is acceptance. And if you can do that and accept all the complications and all the difficulties and all the horrible things that are going on, you're going to channel your energy from a peaceful place where you need to. And the, the, advan- the advantage to peace is you can pick and choose your emotions rather than have to follow every emotion that flows through you. And so peace is, is being able to understand that we cannot control the world and the world cannot control us. We have to find our way, and intuition is a very strong way to lead ourselves. And you have to be able to have a little bit of solitude and a little bit of silence. And if you can do that the, 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 in the middle of craziness, you, you, you really are not going to recognize intuition above all the noise in everyday life. Some people have to just keep themselves busy, 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 and basically they, they have trouble sleeping, they have trouble living simply because they live in a lot of anxiety and fear. And so if we can get out of that and get back to who we are, you have that sixth sense, which is your intuition. Okay. Also, uh, intuitive people are, they create, they, their creativity does its best work when it functions intuitively. In fact, creative people are very intuitive and, and you can increase your creativity through practice and you can boost your intuition. In fact, practicing uh, one may build up the, the other. Um, you know, they also practice mindfulness. People that are intuitive, they practice meditation and other mindfulness practices, it's an excellent way to tap into your intuition. Mindfulness can help you filter out mental chatter, weigh your options objectively, tune into your intuition, and ultimately make a decision that you stand behind and believe in completely. You know, mindfulness can also connect you to your intuition by boosting your self-knowledge. You know, there's, there, back in 2013, there was a study published in the uh, Journal of Perspectives and Psychological Science that showed that mindfulness, uh, defined as uh, paying attention to one's current experience in a non-judgmental way, may help us better understand our personalities. And um, Ariana Huffington, the Huffington Post, notes that, you know, uh, Increase, increasing your in, intuition and increasing that compass leads you to creativity and peace and, and, and being able to find the wonderful side effects of meditating. So when people are at peace in their mind, they have that access that they desperately, desperately need to intuition. They are able to read life itself. They also observe everything. You know, people that are highly intuitive, the first thing to do is notice. You keep a little journal or notice when odd things happen and you'll gain a very keen sense of how often coincidences, uh, surprising connections and and on the dot intuitions occur in your daily life. In other words, you'll start to tap into your intuition. Also, people that are highly intuitive, they listen to their bodies. Intuitive people learn to tune in to their bodies and heed their gut feelings. So if you've ever started feeling sick to your stomach when you knew something was wrong, but you couldn't put your finger on what it was, you understand that intuitions can cause a physical sensation in our body. And our guts 
are called gut feelings for a reason. And research should suggest that emotion and intuition are very much rooted in the second brain, which is called the gut. And also, uh, intuitive people, they connect deeply with others. Mind reading may seem like the stuff of fantasy and pseudoscience, but it's actually something we do every day. And it's called an empathetic accuracy, a, a term in psychology that basically refers to seemingly magical ability to map someone's mental terrain from their words, from their emotions, and from their body language. And and when you see a a spider crawling up someone's leg, you feel a creepy sensation. Uh, Similarly, when you observe uh, someone reach out to a friend and they are are pushed away, your brain registers the sensation of rejection. And and when you watch uh, your team win or a couple embrace on television, you feel their emotions as if they're there. So social emotions like guilt, shame, pride, embarrassment, disgust, lust, can all be experiencing by watching other people. So you want to tune into your own emotions and spend time observing and listening to others face-to-face can help boost your powers of empathy. Also, intuitive people, they pay attention to their dreams. You know, paying attention to your dreams is a way to get in touch with your mind's unconscious process. Both dreams and intuition spring from the unconscious. So when you can begin to tap into this part of your brain by paying attention to your dreams. Now, when I suggest that, what's important to understand about dreaming is that people, when they're dreaming, they're processing a lot of emotion from the previous day. And their brain is inventing situations in which the brain is eliciting Uh, their emotions. And basically during that 20-minute period of dreaming, uh, those emotions kind of get worked out in the dream. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the dream is accurate, but what the dream is depicting is something that's been heavily weighing on your emotional climate in your brain. And so basically the brain is resetting itself by eliciting that emotion through the dream Once again, you don't want to interpret logically because the brain will leap from one circumstance to another to to invent a situation to elicit those emotions so that the brain can relax and function in the next day. And so that's the beauty of sleep is that when you're able to get into that delta stage, that REM stage of sleep, your brain allows you to get rid of that anxiety that you carried from the previous day. Now, if you don't sleep over several days, uh, one night sleep is not going to uh, be able to process three days of not sleeping. And that's why it's very important for people to manage their sleep. You know, they also, people that are intuitive, they enjoy plenty of downtime. You know, uh, a few things stifle intuition as uh, a, a constant busyness, multitasking, uh, connectivity to digital devices, stress, burnout. You know, uh, if, if uh, we always have an intuitive sense about people in our lives on a deep level, and we know good ones from the flatterers and the, and the dissemblers, but we're not always awake enough to our intuition to acknowledge the difference in ourselves. And the problem is that we're simply too busy. And so a lot of people don't have intuition in their home life or in life because they're so stuck to their digital devices that they don't know how to read each other anymore. They, they have a distraction. You know, so looking at people, you know, we always get warnings from our heart and our intuition when they appear. 
But we are often too busy to notice these things. So people that are intuitive, they pace themselves well. They also uh, mindfully let go of negative emotions. Strong emotions, particularly negative ones, can really cloud your intuition. And many of us know that we feel out of sorts, not ourselves, when we're upset. And it may be because we're disconnected from our intuition. And when you're very depressed, you may find that your intuition basically fails. So when you're angry or you're in a heightened emotional state, your intuition can fail you completely. And the evidence isn't just anecdotal. There was a study in psychological science back in 2013 that showed that being in a positive mood boosted the ability to make intuitive judgments in a word game. And that's not to say that intuitive people never get upset, but your intuition will fare better if you're able to mindfully accept and let go of negative emotions for the most part, rather than suppressing or dwelling on them. Emotions are meant to be felt. They're not meant to be lived. And emotions cannot live more than three minutes unless you continuously feed them with logic to supply that emotion the blood flow it needs to continue. And that's how it builds into a tidal wave. Every time you add logic to an emotion, you're going to define that emotion and you're going to basically make it stronger and stronger and stronger and it will take over. And so managing your emotions means you're able to pick with your emotional intelligence which motion is going to work and which isn't. Okay, now let's look at the power of intuition. You know, uh, Prince Charles uh, once said, buried deep within each and every one of us, there is an instinctive, heartfelt awareness that provides, if we allow it to, the most reliable guide as to whether or not our actions are really in the long-term interests of our planet and all the life that supports it. So we need to uh, continue to listen more to the common sense emanuating in our hearts and in this Base, basic new age, Prince Charles has plenty of company. Writers, counselors, speakers galore offer developed uh, sixth sense and harness our intuition, harness our inner wisdom, and unlock our subconsciousness. And I know when I'm teaching, it's so important to be able to read your audience and understand what is going to click with them and what isn't. And a lot of that comes from intuition, which also comes from experience. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about the power of intuition and the struggles with intuition. Come back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about intuition and the power of intuition. And, uh, you know, much of our everyday thinking, feeling, acting operates outside of our conscious awareness. And it's a very uh, difficult thing to accept. Um, But it is something that we often do just run through our life unconsciously. I mean, our conscious is biased to think that its own intentions and deliberate choices rule over our lives, but conscious overrates its own control. There is another dialogue in our mind, and that comes from our intuition and experience. And so that intuition, that that experience often is leading the day often is leading decisions, often is leading us to explore things that we never thought we would explore. And so what it does is it teaches us to be what's called experiential learners. And experiential learners make lots of mistakes, but they also learn. And, uh, and it, it, it could be a struggle because it's not perfect. It's based on a hunch. It's based on intuition. You know, if you find yourself uh, sizing someone up in an instant or noting their animation, their gestures, their manner of speaking, these little slices of someone's behavior reveal a whole lot from lasting impressions. And, uh, you know, if you uh, view slices in little 10-second clips from the beginning and the middle and the end uh, of someone's behavior, you're going to read their confidence, their energy, their warmth, how well they communicate, how well thought out they are. Are they standing on firm ground? Or are they trying to teach something that they don't know? Are they trying to, to communicate something they don't know a lot about? Um, you'll notice people that are uh, 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 and you know put a lot of stutters between. They're they're not in their place. They're not in a place with they ha- where they have an expertise. And so you know when people have to think at, on the fly, that means that their intuition is not very well plugged in. But if you're having to listen to them, your bullshit meter goes up really fast. And so you know we by how confident someone is and how they're speaking and what they and their knowledge of the facts that as they have them. That is what leads you to want to believe or not believe a person. You know, and the other thing about intuition, it is based on the emotion of trust, uh, the decision of whether or not you're going to trust someone. So, you know, the deal is uh, that intuition, that, that feeling, that hunch that we get oftentimes won't have the facts behind it. But we follow that hunch, and if we have to make quick decisions, if you trust that hunch, oftentimes it's the best decision you could possibly make. Unfortunately, some people are not uh, people that we pick in our life. They're people that are family. They're people that are friends of somebody else in the family. They're people that we can't always control uh, being around those people. And our intuition, every time you see them, it just goes through the roof as to, oh, my God, I, I have to deal with this person again. <laughs> so, you know, it, that's, that's a hard thing when you have an obligation, especially with family. You know, it, thanks to emotional pathways that run from the eye to the brain's emotional control centers and bypassing our cortex, we often react, and our cortex is our logic, we often react emotionally before we've even had time to interpret 
consciously. And so below our radar of awareness, we can process threatening information in milliseconds. And then after the cortex has had time to interpret the threat, the thinking brain asserts itself. And in the, uh, in basically in the forest, we physically jump at the sound of rustling leaves or leaving the cortex to decide later whether or not the sound came from a predator or the wind, depending on how safe we feel. Now, this is interesting because if you d- uh, study sociology and, and uh, anthropology, you'll understand that third world countries are not safe. People are not safe in third world countries. They have to be able to always be thinking about their safety. The law enforcement can't always be trusted. The military can't always be trusted. So they have to depend on the loyalty of their neighbors. They have to depend on the the information that they teach their children. But you're also going to discover that when people are not safe, they don't evolve. They aren't able to develop a lot of new ideas. They basically do what they've been taught rather than doing things that are innovative. People that have safety have the ability to have intuition because their brain is in a state of mind where it can be creative. And it goes off a hunch and it develops an idea and it envisions an outcome and then it tries to pull information together to go towards it. Whether you fail or succeed is irrelevant. It's good that you're able to do that. So when societies are safe, They are filled with people with intuition because the people are able to read their environment in a way that is not about fear. It's not about safety. It's about how to evolve. And that is a very important component of any country in this world that is safe, that you, when you're safe, you have a very strong intuitive population. And that means you have a very creative population. You know, it's true that intuition is uh, one of our soul's senses, and it makes sense as to why so many people uh, live empty and meaningless lives. I mean, they basically construct their mindset through their physical experience, their body's understanding, which is survival. And to derive meaning of your life from your body's function is equivalent of taking a road trip through the most beautiful part of the world and saying it was good because the car was moving. So, you know, you don't appreciate without intuition. You know, to be intuitive is to be self-aware. And to be self-aware is to be able to grasp uh, immaterial parts of yourself that exist within your physical doing and being. And the benefits of this uh, understanding is obviously endless. You know, seldom discussed are all the challenges that come with being very attuned to your intuitive inner knowing. And to speak of it, uh, you know, all things highly intuitive have to deal with every day. You know, we always know when someone is bullshitting us, even when we're able to say, uh, not able to say anything about it. For, for the sake of maintaining our, our family structures, keeping our jobs, we can't always call people out on their absolute lack of awareness. And that becomes really frustrating when we see them being tripped up by the lack of insight that they're uh, close to having. How frustrating is it if you have a manager who doesn't listen and only hears himself? How frustrating is it Uh, to have to deal with people who have influence on your life who basically have no access to intuition because they're so mechanical in their thinking and goal-oriented in their process that they lack the ability to read other people. You know, some of the worst people that manage people are people that have no intuition. They operate out of taking care of themselves and they operate off of lack of knowledge, a lack of insight, a lack of trying to collect all the facts and they basically look for what will justify their actions. You know, almost nothing 
is as infuriating is when people fake emotion because we can pick up on that as much as we can pick up on the real stuff. And it's something people do all the time. They feign emotion to get a certain reaction from others, uh, usually attention or love. And this is a, a physical palpability that, that is it, – it's real. And, and it becomes infuriating the more we end up feeling as though we have a fake response or we feign our own uh, emotions and, and the antithesis – it's it's the antithesis to our very being is people that are faking it. And, and so when you read that, that is a struggle that you have with your intuition as to how valid that person is. And once again, some people are valid in some areas and they're not valid in other areas. That's the beauty of us being uh, flawed and being who we are. And, and we also feel weirdly responsible for fixing the world's problems. And this, this is probably just the result of letting intuition fade over uh, empathy and then letting empathy fade over into adopting emotions and issues that aren't really ours. But nevertheless, you know, we, we, we routinely find ourselves in hours deep conversations trying to figure out everyone else's problems, though they were not our own. And so people love to create diversions because if they can deal with other people's problems, they don't have to deal with their own. If they can reflect on what's wrong with the world or what's wrong with politics or what's wrong with an issue, they basically are able to deflect from their own emotions. You know, some people find a partner to allow them to deflect from their own emotions by trying to find out all the problems that that person has so they could just beat the hell out of them rather than deal with their own crap. All right. Now, uh, also, it's sometimes difficult to be able to determine whether we're overthinking or we're actually picking up on something. So the irony of not intuitively knowing whether or not you've been intuitive is, is not lost, but the point is, is that we are human and we're fallible and feelings can come from many different sources and no one can be 100% accurate at identifying which it is. And that's what is so unscientific about intuition. Once again, experience leads us to some conclusions, but it doesn't have 100% accuracy. Also, we live in a world that values mental logic, not emotional reasoning. So our soulless get things done at any cost and as quick as possible attitude is responsible for much of our collective misery. And though people haven't entirely picked up on that yet, in the meantime, we're more emotion-based individuals and still have to exist in the world. And we all know um, how and and how uh, overly emotional people are treated uh against structure. And so when people have structure, emotional people basically are left out because people want that logic. They don't want to include the emotion. So it's oftentimes that we are so impatient in this world and, and the way things are going, we want fast, 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 but oftentimes we lose that intuition. Also, we, we are uh, hyper self-conscious because we're aware of how people think. When we're, we're the kids who are always anxious about what other people were thinking, which is what kids always do. They're always worried about what other people are thinking, usually because we already know in a way that other people weren't able to. And, and it's not that we were particularly victimized. It's only that we're conscious of people's inner thoughts and processes to agree uh, that others weren't. And kids are very tuned in with other people. And that's because they're trying to establish who they are through other people. But at some point, you have to own your life. You have to own your decisions. And you have to stop 
uh, trying to read into everything because we are not nearly as important as we think we are. And so what's important to understand, we're not on people's minds all the time. And and when you can make peace with that, when you're going to understand that your mom and dad aren't always thinking about you, your children are not always thinking about you, your partner is not always thinking about you, you're lucky if you get three minutes on their radar when you're not around. I mean, the bottom line is, is that we are caught up in our own little world and sometimes we make ourselves too important. And when you can make peace with that in life and you can accept that you're not on everybody's radar all the time and that uh, your life is yours and your decisions are yours, all of a sudden you understand that you can grab your life and become who you are. The minute you do that, the minute you start to live your life and that's the minute that your intuition comes into play because you're beginning to trust yourself. You know, there's nothing we want more than to just figure things out. And that's where black and white thinking is. People want to jump to an instant conclusion so that their emotions, whatever their emotional decision was, they define it based off that black and white thinking. It's all this or it's all that. Unfortunately, life is gray, gray, gray. That's why we have our court system. Uh, That's why we have juries. So they can look at the gray instead of having to look at the black and white. Because if we always look at the black and white, we're never going to understand life. But some people are so impatient that they just have to have the answers. The truth is we don't in life always get all the whys. And we have to live with that, deal with it. Because some of the whys are emotional. Some of them are impulsive. Some some of them are, are experiential. All of our choices are, are a work in progress. It doesn't mean they are who we are. They are who we are today. All right. Now, in a way to use your intuition, and you got to think about, uh, do you trust your gut? Do you, do you really uh, know what's going on? And did you say anything? If you, if you knew what was going on and didn't say anything, that means the next time you probably ought to trust your gut. Um, you know, you may want to say it badly, but the deal is if, if you have a thought or if you have a gut feeling, it is valid. But once again, and as I said earlier, find the facts. Don't just find a conclusion that makes you right. Find the facts. Find the real facts that lead you to understanding whether that gut feeling has logic or not. You know, if you're wanting to tell someone to, uh, to you, you don't like their partner, there's somebody they're dating or whatever, you don't think it's a good thing, you know, and before you speak up, you really want to gather your information because that may hurt that person if you go off purely a gut feeling and say, hey, I, I think this, I think that. You really need to think it through. Once again, intuition comes in the beginning, not the end. It's not the time to present. It's the time to begin to suspect and to feel and to follow. And then we fill it in with logic and then we come up to a conclusion. And that's how we trust our intuition, that it led us in a direction to get the answers that we really needed. Not that we wanted, that we needed. And that means truth, not how to make yourself right. You know, we we tend to also uh, compartmentalize our problems into yes, no's. And we ignore uh, sometimes what our gut is telling us. Once again, you really want to cultivate that. You really want to make that something good. We all have intuition, but we don't always listen to it. So trusting only what appears to be rational in our often irrational mind is not good enough. Uh, We have to follow through and get more information. It is the beginning and once again, not the end. It's not from outer space. It's from our inner space. All right. That's our show. 
I would. Uh, our next show is going to be about um, in, uh, uh, basically harnessing our insecurity. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. My email is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now, remember, women are like the FBI. They already know what you've been up to. They're just waiting for the right time to confront you. Also, here's all you need to know about men and women. Women are crazy and men are stupid. The, re- the reason women are crazy is because men are stupid. That's George Carlin. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 